aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. Tonight, we'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. For the fifth time this year, Kevin Harvick wins in the Monster Energy NASCAR. Uh, in the end today, uh, winning races and and. Uh, championships and all the things that we've been able to accomplish. That's 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 the goal, and, and that still continues to be the goal today. In his 99th start, Chase Elliott is going to victory lane. You guys do a great job covering those races, and that last lap was pretty exciting in general. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our string. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here wishing you all a very great holiday season. Hope your holidays have been fine as we begin a new year here on Motor Racing Network. On this week's show, we're going to take a glance back at some of the best of NASCAR Live from 2018. We'll revisit interviews with Kevin Harvick, with Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and a whole lot more. To get things started this week, let's go back to the season opener at Daytona International Speedway. Austin Dillon driving the iconic number three back to victory lane in the Great American Race. That's following week. We spoke with Austin about his big win. Man, it's, uh, I didn't think it happened. I was just, I kept, if you watch me in the video, I just keep driving. I'm like, uh, I hope this thing's over, but I'm not going to lose it by lifting and uh, thinking it's over. So I drive all the way down the backstretch like, hey, did we win? And Houston already said it, but I didn't believe him. And then the caution lights flew on, and that's when I knew we, we had won. And, uh, and I'm just freaking out, and everything is crazy at that point. Chatting with Austin Dinner. Uh, chatting with Austin Dillon Winter of the Daytona. last night. <laughs> it was a good one. Chatting with Austin Dillon, winner of the Daytona 500. Austin, this means a lot to your grandfather because 20 years ago, Dale Earnhardt won the Daytona 500 in the number three car. The last time the three car won at Daytona. Um, have you had a chance to share some thoughts and some moments with, uh, with, with, with your grandfather, Richard Childress, since you took the checker flag? Yeah, we got to fly back to North Carolina before we went to New York City and just listen to him and Andy Petrie talk about how excited they were how awesome it was, you know, we're Daytona 500 champions, and to get that back from my grandfather, you know, to put him back where I feel like he belongs is top of the sport, and um, to just give him another trophy and another feather in his hat, man, he's done so much in the sport to now um, take his grandson to become a Daytona 500 champion, um, I'm sure he's proud, and he's still got more that he wants to accomplish. 
Tom on Twitter wants to know, what is the best piece of advice your grandfather's ever given you? When in doubt, stay in the gas. <laughs> that is no lie from my grandfather. I watched him flip a trophy truck Robbie Gordon brought to the farm one time, and I thought, my gosh, he is hurt because it was just a huge smoke. Like he, I thought he flipped. Well, it was on like two wheels, so we for sure thought he was already on his on his roof. And he came out the other side through the smoke, the dirt and everything, and he comes over and like, man, what happened? And he's like, well, I lost it, but when in doubt, you just stay in the gas. And I was like, okay. I took that for his advice. Mike on Twitter wants to know, if you had the chance to race against any driver in NASCAR history, who would it be and why? Wow, that's a, a tough one, man. There's so many legends in our sport. And um, I got to ra race with a bunch of them, with Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, and Heck, it's just uh, Tony Stewart. Uh, but I would say uh, I think it'd be awesome to be on the track with Dale Sr. I think just to be on the track with him on there would be awesome. And Richard Petty the same. I mean, the king is cool anytime he walks through the garage. I love, I love seeing him. That was Austin Dillon as we spoke with him after his first win in the Great American Race. That day we also spoke with the driver that was equally excited about his second-place finish in the 500, Bubba Wallace. I uh, actually got home that night and uh i told a man on the plane she's like i can't wait to um i can't wait to uh go home and go to sleep and i'm like i'm gonna be wired i'll be up all night probably and she looked at me like oh man and then i got home and i'm like oh let's go to bed i'm tired so actually fell right to sleep got a great night of sleep and uh she had the day off yesterday i had my schedule cleared um yesterday so we got to hang out and spend some time with each other away from the racetrack and just get used to it all again and uh, we both realized that, okay, we're racing on Sunday. That means there's no off days after. I'm used to that Saturday schedule for a long time. But, uh, but no, I'm good and, and refocused and ready to go for Atlanta. Chatting with Bubba Wallace, the second-place finisher in the Daytona 500. I'm just curious, what was the morning of the 500 like for you, and what was the experience like when you walked out on pit road? You've got a full house, and you've got all that pre-race pomp and circumstance going on. Yeah, that, um, you know, to be able to experience that, I was pulled and had eight or so meet and greets Saturday or Sunday morning. Wow! Uh, followed up by drivers meeting, and I got to, I got to sit down after the drivers meeting and crank up some music, and was like, "All right, here we go." Getting a little bit overwhelmed here. Calm down, calm down. Everything's fine. You know, we got a couple hours for the race. But I got out of my clothes, put in some comfy clothes, and and just was able to relax there in the bus and. And I think having that bus helped out so much with the emotions and the excitement level, just being able to contain it all and uh, keep my uh, keep my focus, you know, at the top. And uh, so I did get overwhelmed before we got in the car, but that was for a split second. And then it was time to go race after that. So everything was fine. That was Bubba Wallace after finishing second in the 2018 Daytona 500. Coming up next on the Best of NASCAR Live, we'll hear from Kevin Harvick. He's our AutoZone Driver of the Week, brought to you by AutoZone. Your check engine light has finally met its match. AutoZone's free fix finder service can help find a solution so you can do more. Get in the zone, AutoZone. 
Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. In order to maximize a vehicle's performance and efficiency, the proper adjustments need to be made based on the road ahead. That's true for both race car drivers on the track and for truck drivers hauling freight on the highway. But if your truck's equipped with a Detroit DT12 automated manual transmission with intelligent powertrain management, adjustments are made automatically based on GPS terrain mapping, maximizing performance and efficiency. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com. Hey, this is Steve Post. During the NASCAR offseason, NASCAR Live will be highlighting a pit crew member each week as we head toward the start of the 2019 season in Daytona. The Whelan Trusted to Perform Pit Crew Member of the Week this week is Rowdy Harrell, tire carrier for the number 88 Hendrick Motorsports Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series team. William Rowdy Harrell grew up in Moundville, Alabama and collected three national championships in football as a walk-on linebacker under Nick Saban at the University of Alabama from 2009 to 2012. After Rowdy graduated from Alabama, he was prepared to become a strength and conditioning coach since his degree was in athletic training. Instead, he received a call from head coach Nick Saban about an opportunity to try out for a position on one of the pit crews at Hendrick Motorsports. Chris Berkey is the pit crew coordinator for Hendrick Motorsports, but was formerly a coaching assistant and scout for the Miami Dolphins under Nick Saban. Berkey was putting together an open tryout for pit crew members and had reached out to Saban. Rowdy won the open tryout competition and hasn't looked back since. He started as a backup tire changer for both the Xfinity and Cup teams, and he has now been a tire carrier for the number 88 for five years. He credits the competition and coaching from his years in college football as excellent preparation for his role at Hendrick Motorsports. It's that film study, practice, and coaching that he receives at Hendrick Motorsports that keeps him motivated and working to improve every day and every season. That's why this week's Will and Trusted to Perform Pit Crew Member of the Week is Rowdy Harrell. It's brought to you by Whelan. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform you're listening to the best of 2018 this is nascar live on the motor racing network the voice of nascar this is nascar live now back to mike bagley welcome back to the best of nascar live for 2018 earlier in the season stewart house racing's kevin harvick won his second race of the year at the las vegas motor speedway the win was his 100th of his career in NASCAR's top three divisions. And that week on NASCAR Live, we celebrated his career milestone. This past weekend, Kevin Harvick won his 100th race among NASCAR's top three divisions, a winning tradition that dates back to July 29th, 2000 in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Final corner for Kevin Harvick. Here he comes down the front straightaway. Fans on their feet and the checkered flag is in the air. Win number one for Kevin Harvick. He scores the victory at Gateway. Man, this is great. We're just happy to be here with AC Delco and Snap-on and Goodrich and everybody involved in this program. Uh, Richard Childers for just giving us all a great opportunity and 
This is great. His first Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series win and fourth overall victory came in 2001 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. 2001 was, was very confusing. Um, you know, it was my first win and don't feel like I remember really anything about it uh, because it was just such a really confusing time in, in my life and, and um, you know, just on the racetrack and, and with Dale gone and put, getting in his car and um, not not with my team that, that I had built over the last, uh, you know, couple years at, at RCR. And then I raced so much in 2001 that you didn't really, you know, see the repercussions of, of everything that had happened until 2002. His 40th win was the biggest of his career as he took the checkers for the 2007 Daytona 500. Kyle Busch spins, Matt Kenseth spins, but here comes the race to the Daytona 500 victory. At the stripe, Kevin Harvick gets it by inches, comes out of nowhere, and Kevin Harvick is the 2007 Daytona 500 winner. Win number 50 was in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series at ISM Raceway in Phoenix. Service Master Clean Caution comes out, but we've seen the white flag already, so it's official. Kevin Harvick will win tonight the Lucas Oil 150. Kevin Harvick's 79th overall win came in the Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway. He'll be the first repeat winner in the 2014 season, and he scores his first win at Darlington Raceway. Kevin Harvick takes the Bojangles Southern 500. Well, this is the one race I told Rodney I wanted to win, so uh, we were able to put it all together, but this is the Southern 500. This is as big as it gets in NASCAR racing. His 2014 NASCAR Cup Series championship came at Homestead Miami Speedway in his 86th win. Kevin Harvick has a five-car length lead. He's off turn four, headed to the line. He sees the checkered flag waving. He's the winner of the Ford EcoBoost 400, and he is your 2014 NASCAR Sprint Cup Series champ. And just last week at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Kevin Harvick won his 100th race in the Pennzoil 400. It's been, um, you know, it's it's been a lot of years uh, accumulated uh, with a lot of great race teams and, and people and situations and, you know, you've won some that you should, you've won some that you shouldn't. And, you know, I think when you tag that, that uh, triple digit number to it, it really lets you realize um, that you've been fortunate to accomplish a lot of things and, and do things, um, you know, consistently throughout the years so it's been it's been fun um, you know I think for, for me the last five years have, have really uh, been the part that, that have been the most fun for me just because of the fact that you know I've been able to um, you know come into Stuart Haas Racing and, and Gene and Tony um, you know took a chance and said okay we're going to do this a long time in advance and Rodney was uh, convinced to come over here and, and, and be a part of this deal so you know, I think when you when you look at that, it's it's a little bit different when you when you look at something that has been built from the ground up, um, not only from the race cars and the transporters, but with the people. And and for me, um, at this particular point, it's it's more fun. It's as fun. I love to win. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I love to win and, and love to you know be a part of of that whole equation that, that comes with all these guys. And, and it's it starts with the ownership group and, and you know, pulling into victory lane and, and seeing how excited uh, all those guys are that, that do everything on the race cars that I'm fortunate just to sit in, um, you know, I think is, is, is 
one of the things that, that is the most exciting for me. This weekend, Kevin Harvick returns to ISM Raceway, where he's won eight times in his cup career. Carl Edwards to the inside. He has the advantage, but Harvick draws even again. They touch again at the start-finish line. Kevin Harvick scores the win again. His eighth victory at Phoenix International Raceway. What a finish. Later that week, NASCAR raced at ISM Raceway in Phoenix, and Winston Kelly caught up with Harvick about the week and much more with a NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. A simply remarkable performance yet again for Kevin Harvick. Kevin, let's go back a couple of weeks or three weeks to Atlanta. All wins are special, but that one seemed to be extra special to you. That perception is accurate. Why is that? You know, in in 2001, I just felt like... um, you know, there were so many things that were confusing and, and not really understood well from within your own mind, let alone all the people that were watching and, and uh, really uh, everybody on the team. You didn't know whether to uh, be really happy and celebrate or cry or, um, you know, what you should do from an emotional side of things. So for, for me, it just felt like, you know, a lot of closure, um, just being able to go back and actually have a you know a celebration for for Dale and his life and the things that that we were able to do in the race car at a time when everybody was excited and happy and and that to me uh, gave a little bit of closure to the whole situation when you look back over the last 17 years the reality of everything that has transpired how does that match the dreams the desires the expectations that you've had you know it you know really 2001 really threw um, kind of a, a really abrupt turn to things that you didn't expect just because of the fact that um, you know the path was to get into number 30 America online car and and my first race was going to be at Atlanta and and run seven races that year and then move up with the team that we had built on the Xfinity side you know so the the whole point of of really everything was to was to build a team and and move up with them and and try to have some success and and then you know everything happened with Dale and all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of people who know your name um, and you kind of do everything backwards and you know but I think in the end after it, it took a long time to really get comfortable um, understanding the situation and, and who you were and what you wanted to be and what you wanted to do was always the same and that was to win races and be competitive so it's evolved um, you know I think as as you go through life you learn a lot of lessons and, and you mature and, and do things differently than, than what you would have when you were 25 but you also wouldn't be where you are in life without making those mistakes and doing those things so uh, in the end today uh, winning races and and uh, championships and all the things that we've been able to accomplish. That's 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 the goal, and, and that still continues to be the goal today. Growing up as a kid in Bakersville, did you ever dream of 39 wins, a cup championship, two Xfinity championships? Did you dream about that big? <laughs> well... You know, I, I, you know, as a as a kid, you don't really you don't really realize, um, you know, some things are, are somewhat unrealistic as you think about them and, and as you grow up. And you know, I think as as I was, you know, 22, I was working for Wayne Spears as a mechanic and hoping that I would get the opportunity to, to drive one of his vehicles, and, and that worked out. And, and then I got, you know, the next opportunity, and the next opportunity led to the next one. And, and so I don't, I don't think you ever, you know, looking back at it now. Um, you know, you, you don't ever really th- think that that is probably possible to have it work out that way. 
uh, but I've been very fortunate to uh, to have things work out very well for, for myself and, and my career and, and been a part of a lot of great teams and situations. But, um, you know, in your teens and early 20s, you just you just kind of rolling with it and hoping for the best. And, and uh, we were able to capitalize and, and make some, some good decisions along the way. Shifting focus is just a little bit to the personal side. You know, you really have adapted to this being a dad. You know, you and Keelan clearly connect uh, very well. How's he adapting to being a big brother with the addition of Piper in the family? And how's that dynamics and, and from both yours and Delana's standpoint and, and Keelan's standpoint? It's been really good. He's he's actually uh, adapted very well to, to being big brother and, and sometimes too well. He's, he's he wants to uh, he, he doesn't understand that, um, you know, the, the hugs and the and the kisses are sometimes you can get a little too far or a little too aggressive. And, and so um, but he's he's done really good. And, you know, I think for us adapting to four in the house has has been um, you know, definitely an adjustment for sure. And, and having a newborn in the house, you know, almost six years after after Keelan was born is, is definitely different than it was then. Um, but, you know, I think for the most part, everything has, has gone really well and she's decided to sleep well. So that's really the key to the whole situation, as you know, uh, to, to making it, it tolerable. But, um, you know, the hardest part about the beginning of the season is the, is the West Coast swing and being gone. And, and as much as I like to be home and, and around Keelan and doing the things that he does, um, you know, that, that part makes it hard on him as well as, as Delena. Uh, Piper doesn't know any different. So it's, uh, it's definitely will be good to get through California and, and uh, move on to the rest of the season. That was Kevin Harvick as we talked with him early in the 2018 season. Coming up on the Best of NASCAR Live, we'll pay tribute to Alan Kowicki 25 years later. And later on, Kyle Busch joins us. Facebook and Twitter, MRN is there. Follow MRN on social media for all the latest happenings from the track and in NASCAR. Breaking news, video, photos, live races and shows, stats, opinion, and more. Follow along on MRN's Facebook and Twitter. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Need to find your local MRN radio station? Taking a trip and want to listen to NASCAR races? Go to MRN.com. Click on stations to find all MRN's local radio stations. Plan a trip and map out MRN stations along your route. MRN on your local stations. Tune in. You're listening to the best of 2018. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. Last April marked the 25th anniversary of the death of Alan Kulwicki. On April 3rd, NASCAR Live honored the 1992 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. Bill Elliott has done everything he possibly could do to win the Winston Cup championship, but he will come up a little short. He will win the race as he swings across the line to take the checkered flag. Here comes Alan Kowicki out of turn number four, the new Winston Cup champion. He's going to do that Polish victory lap here. Alan Kowicki will turn around on the racetrack, and he is going to do a lap in the wrong direction. He's not backing up, but he is going around the racetrack to turn four, then to turn three, turn two, and turn one. The Polish victory lap, as he calls it, emblematic of the 1992 NASCAR Winston Cup Championship. A lot of things have been said about 
what I stand for, my determination and my work ethics and everything like that. But, you know, we're still one of the smaller teams on the NASCAR circuit. And these guys work really hard and they deserve a lot of the credit. Uh, everything that I stand for, they stand for also. And I wouldn't be here without them. Joel Nimichek a short while ago. Uh, I was friends with him. Uh, you know, the coolest thing, I, I look back at Alan Kowicki, and I think in 1992, uh, here's a small guy, privateer guy, won the championship in the in the old Bush Series back then, and Alan Kowicki won the Cup Series championship. And we actually went to, I think it was in New York that year, the, the banquet, and they have my picture on the wall here somewhere with them uh, up there on stage, you know, the, the two champions in, in NASCAR's uh, popular series that year. You know, it's just, he was a great guy. I mean, he, he worked hard. Uh, kind of reminds me of, of how I've come up, you know, being an engineering background, uh, getting in there hands-on, working on your cars, figuring out how to make these things go, uh, just flying by the seat of your pants. And, and he was an incredible driver, I can tell you that. By far the dominant car all day. Mark Martin, half a lap from Victory Lane. What Allen had done in NASCAR uh, at the time of his accident was the most significant accomplishment in, in, in my generation, in my, in, in, in my time, bar none. There's nobody, there's nothing that comes close to what he did. And, and he will forever be a hero and a hero of mine. This truly is a dream come true. Uh, I woke up this morning and I asked myself, how did this happen? How did I get here? I'm about to be crowned the Winston Cup champion. And, you know, all the interviews that you go through after winning something like this make you reflect back on all the things you had to do to get to this point. And you really sort of reflect back on your whole life, and it brings back a lot of memories. And six years ago, I was just a little guy with a dream that moved down south with a, a pickup truck and a trailer. And after running a few NASCAR races and dreaming about it for 10 years, I thought, well, maybe I was ready to take a stab at it. And uh, I sold my short, trap, short track equipment, some of which you saw there, pictures from ASA competition. I gave a notice on my apartment, uh, closed the checking account, took everything I had, and really had to leave my whole life behind to move down south. Dale Jarrett is going to win. Alan was someone that was a, a friend uh, that, you know, had raced against him uh, on short tracks around the country and uh, just admired him for what he did in moving uh, south and and start having his own race team and, and then making that into a championship team, just incredible. The motorsports world lost a family member late Thursday night when Alan Kowicki was killed in an airplane accident en route to today's race in Bristol, Tennessee. You know, when we got to the hotel, we got the word, and so it was terrible, and I felt like I really was on a mission. You know, that, that morning watching Alan's truck and trailer pull out of the racetrack and live on television and people, uh, you know, really upset about it. And I was upset about it because him and I grew up together racing on the short tracks. He was a personal friend of mine. I would actually pick him up and drive him to some of the racetracks, you know. Uh, I remember one day he called me up and said, hey, uh, 
How about I just ride up the, the Wilkesboro with you? I said, sure, man, I'll pick you up. We we talk race cars all the way up there. Pull even as Rusty Wallace sails up into turn number three. It's his fourth career win at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. It's a big deal, but it's a bigger deal to win this race for my buddy Allen and uh, do the reverse victory lane shuffle like he always done. It was so wonderful doing, you know. Uh, we miss him real bad. I'm going to dedicate this race to him and his crew and his whole entire family and his close friends because uh, it was a uh, I don't want uh, my good run to overshadow what happened to him. But when I got on the track and ran that race, it was like uh, he was alongside me. And man, I tell you, my car just handled perfect. And I kicked her butt that day and I won that race and went to victory lane. And when I remember the first thing that came across my mind when I won that race, I said, I'm going to do what Allen did. And I spun the car around and I did the reverse Polish victory lap. Moments ago, Rusty Wallace completing a Polish victory lap as he went around this racetrack backwards to honor Alan Kulwicki. From that day forward, every single win I ever accumulated in my NASCAR career, I did the Polish victory lap where I drove around the racetrack backwards. And it was pretty cool because I would drop the window net and I would look out the driver's window and I was able to look up at the race fans and wave at them and they're taking all the pictures. And it put me really close to the fans, which I thought was really cool. And um, it was all for Alan and he's the one that started it and, and then it ended up working out pretty good. Later this month, Alan Kowicki will be inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Coming up on the best of 2018, we'll hear from Kyle Busch and we'll hear from Chase Elliott as well. On February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. MRN.com. Original online audio, video, and digital content. Need yeah. the latest information on each week's races? Check out the MRN.com race center. Need to find your local radio station for MRN original programs? And Camping World Truck, Xfinity, and Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series races? Go to stations on MRN.com. All the latest NASCAR news and opinion pieces, race schedules, driver standings, and archives of MRN programs, MRN race broadcasts, and so much more. MRN.com. You're listening to the best of 2018. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Happy New Year from all of us here at the Motor Racing Network. So glad you're spending time with us on your New Year's Day. And this week, we're looking back on some of the best of NASCAR Live. When April rolled around, Kyle Busch and his number 18 team turned up the heat by winning three races in a row at Texas, at Bristol, and Richmond. Kim Kuhn caught up with Kyle in early May to talk about his early season successes. He won at Texas. He won at Bristol. And tonight he will win the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway in Virginia. It seems like the tides are turning a little bit. I was at Talladega last week, and I noticed during driver intros, it seemed like there were more cheers than boos. And for somebody who seems to embrace the haters and actually feed off of it and use that as, you know, motivation to perform, how is that for you, seeing that kind of tide turn? Uh, I mean, it's interesting, for sure. It's, uh, it's pretty fun, you know, just the way that I came into this sport wasn't so fun, um, you know, but to kind of see the, the changing of the, of the guard and what kind of happening um, behind the scenes and with the fans and stuff like that is, is pretty fun. And so I think they're kind of taking 
maybe a different stance here as of late, but um, also kind of maybe have just gotten used to me being around for this <laughs> long, and, and uh, maybe that could be some of it too. I got to talk about the Dale Jr. podcast. You know, it, it was such a um, eye-opening thing to listen to. And I want to know, though, what's the response been from fans, from people in the industry, or maybe even drivers that listen to it after it aired? Um, just the, the little bit that I've gotten uh, has obviously all been positive. I mean, there's still some that uh, maybe 10% of the people that still are like, I'm not changing my mind. He still is who he is. It's still blah, 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 whatever. But, um, you know, 90% of the guard actually thinks that, uh, well, you know, maybe I'll, I'll give him a different eye or I'll give him a shot or whatever. And uh, so it's kind of interesting. But, um, you know, Dale and I, we'd, we've been talking about doing that for a long time. Um, it just kind of finally came to fruition. And the idea really stemmed off of the 10-year anniversary of mm -hmm. Richmond. But, um, you know, he and I had a lot of ideas of trying to do some, some different things through the offseason that we just mm -hmm. never, never could uh, really put it all together. And finally, Davis, Mike Davis got involved and, and made it happen. As nice as it is to mend fences, don't you think sports are kind of designed to pit athletes against each other? And so there needs to be a sense of mutual respect, yes, but rivalries are what fuel sports. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think you definitely have to have the, the white hat and the black hat. Mm -hmm. I think that always kind of happens. You know, you, you look at guys, um, Yankees and Red Sox, right? Um, you know, and I look at, like, Broncos and, um, and the Raiders or something like that. So, um, you know, you always kind of have those. <laughs> the NFC East, the most notable probably is, is <laughs> they all hate each other, right? Uh -huh. So, um, you know, it's pretty fun to just kind of see uh, how those – relationships evolve and how those things kind of change throughout sports and throughout years of sports and even throughout um, the players like the players aren't the same as what they were back in whatever day and, mm -hmm. and so it's kind of interesting how that goes and you know it just kind of seems as though in, in racing you have the same thing you know you had Petty versus Earnhardt Earnhardt versus Gordon you know Gordon versus everybody Johnson versus Gordon it seemed <laughs> like you know in their own house but um, it, it's kind of fun to uh, to see those 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 things happen and progress and they have to happen naturally you can't force it you force it and it becomes fake you celebrated a birthday recently what would 2018 kyle bush tell maybe 2009 or 2010 kyle bush <laughs> a lot of things <laughs> um one of my most favorite lines even back then was was don't be an idiot but uh, i tended to be an idiot quite often um i don't know when you're in the moment you know and you have strong feelings about things you just kind of act or react to to certain situations sometimes not all the best but um, you know, I feel like even now when I'm watching Brexton and, and watching him learn and grow up and kind of come to some conflicts or things that, that he's not happy with, mm -hmm. you know, I can kind of be I'm like, Hannah, okay, I get it. You know, I've been there. I've done that. I've seen that. I've, I've done that. Um, but overall, it's, it's still, you know, we're trying to do the best we can with him and, uh, and kind of teaching him what it's like to uh, handle some situations differently. More do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. And um, that seems to be going better these days. You have a lot of young, impressionable drivers under your wings over at KBM. Is that some of the things that you've passed on to them as they kind of make their name in the sport? Absolutely. No question. I mean, there was definitely uh, a lot of things. And, and every time we always kind of talk about things or Noah might bring up a video and be like, you did this, like, watch this. And I was <laughs> like, I, like I said, do as I do or do as I say, not as I do. So um, you know, certainly there's things you wish you could take back and do differently, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And it just seems like you um, continue to grow and evolve and, and mature. And some people are at different paces than others. And I think that's just the way you're, you're brought up and the way you're wired. 
fatherhood has really seemed to come naturally to you and just family life in general. Looking at Brexton and how his personality is really starting to come out now, what he's almost three, uh, does he favor you or Samantha in terms of his personality? Yes. Um, <laughs> all, people would always say whenever he's acting out or whatever, he's like, oh, we know who that's like. And I'm like, yeah, his mama. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're back and forth on that a little bit. I would say that uh, he's very aggressive. Um, he's very opinionated. He is not very shy. And he is not scared. So I think a lot of that stuff kind of probably stems from me. Um, but uh, still, he's, he's a blast. And, um, you know, we, we have a lot of fun together. And as he gets older, it just keeps getting better with the things that we're able to do and the experiences we're able to have. And just this past week, um, you know, um, Samantha's dad, Pops, myself, and Brexton, we were all fishing off the pier. Um, at the house, you know, and just catching little fish. And uh, so it was, it was pretty fun to, to see him interact with that and kind of take to that. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a three generations of, of, mm -hmm. of boys kind of fishing. It's pretty neat. You've shared over the last couple of years these, I'll call them social media fan engagement videos, um, where you really have done things to surprise or delight fans. For you, has there been a favorite one, one that really you know, touched her heart or, or just made you go home and be like, man, that was cool. Um, I, I think obviously the, the first one was probably the most memorable one. Uh, the first one that was posted uh, with the, the girl that was leaving Martinsville when, after we won and, and her reaction and everything that, that went viral. But um, there's been a lot more instances than, than just what we show. I mean, we're not going to put every single one of them out there. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, a couple years ago here at Dover, we were uh, driving around the outside with uh, last year, I guess it was, with Brexton just taking it for a spin, and um, there was a dad who was wearing, I um, can't remember if it was a Chase Elliott shirt or maybe a Jeff Gordon shirt, and it was a 24, mm -hmm. and uh, and the kid was wearing M&M's gear, Kyle gear, you know, so we stopped, pulled over, and, and signed stuff for the kid, you know, and um, so there was another time I was walking through Daytona, the, the new grandstands and stuff like that, and I was just walking behind a kid, and I walked up behind him, tapped him on the shoulder, and I says, hey, do you have a Sharpie? And he was just like, no, like, like get away from me type thing, you know. And, and finally his, his dad was like, buddy, do you know who that is? And so there's moments like that that I kind of do all the time. So it's fun to just see fans wearing your gear and supporting you. And, and so you kind of try to take care of those guys. You mentioned Adam Stevens. You look at, you know, the list historically of great driver crew chief pairings. Do you feel like you and him are working towards adding your names to that list? I'd absolutely like to think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought I was going to have that with Steve Addington when I joined. I thought I was going to have that with Dave Rogers when I had Dave. And now you would think that you're going to have that with Adam Stevens. And it just seems like everything is really coming way better together now than uh, than with the other crew chiefs and nothing nothing that they didn't do or or that we didn't achieve together we won races with all of those guys it just um you know didn't seem as though it was as consistent each and every week going to the racetrack as it is with adam that's kyle bush and kim coon from may 8th of 2018 coming up next on the best of nascar live we'll look back at an exciting all-star race from 25 years ago and later we'll pay tribute to jack roush Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic. Is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live sports are the one true reality entertainment where a single dramatic moment can become timeless. 
In NASCAR, Motor Racing Network's live broadcast elevates your senses to the sights, sounds, and struggles taking place on the racetrack. Austin Dillon leads the pack. No one ever thought he would contend for the win. He's going to win the 60th running of the Daytona 500. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. You're listening to the best of 2018. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue along on this best of NASCAR Live. So glad you're with us this week. We're looking back on the events of 2018. And on May 15th, as we prepared for the running of the All-Star Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway, we revisited an exciting finish from 25 years ago between Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt. The Monster Energy NASCAR All-Star Race has a rich history of great finishes with a few controversial ones to boot. One of those finishes happened 25 years ago between Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt. Both drivers lingered around the front for most of the event. When the final 10 laps began, Martin jumped to the lead with Earnhardt close behind. Rick Bass slips just a bit. Mark Martin dives to the inside. Martin duels with Earnhardt and Martin gets by to take the lead. A drag race down the back straightaway as Earnhardt tries to stay on the outside as Rick Bass gets shuffled back to seventh, eighth in line. Martin has the lead into three. Earnhardt runs in hard right up on his back bumper. With a lap to go, Terry Labonte and Bill Elliott brought out the caution. One car spins in the middle of the turn. Terry Labonte spins, collects Bill Elliott ever so lightly. The race came down to a green-white checkered finish, but Dale Earnhardt jumped the restart. Here's the pace car pulling off the banking up in turn number four. They waste no time in coming off that corner, and Dale Earnhardt grabs the lead before they ever get to the start-finish line, and Earnhardt is off and running. And now they're going to display the yellow flag here as NASCAR is going to take a close look at that restart. Earnhardt's crew chief, Andy Petrie. So it happens. Dale does it, I'm thinking, on purpose to see if he could get away with it. And if he didn't, I think it was just hoping it would rattle Mark. Because Mark had us covered. He was gone. We, you know, we didn't really have anything for him. But we all get to change tires right and then, then Dale gets to be Dale, do his thing. And he messes with Mark enough uh, and jumps that start. And then everybody is just livid that they don't put him in the back. You know, all the other crew chiefs are complaining, you know, that they should have penalized us and put us in the back. And they just re-racked him again and said, oh, we're going to start over. And I think it just rattled Mark so much that he just didn't, with the green, basically a green-white checker finish, he didn't have time to recover. They come to the entrance of turn number three for the final time. Earnhardt's car hugs the bottom of the racetrack, slides up halfway through the corner. Martin digs down to the bottom of the corner to try and get alongside. It's not going to work. Dale Earnhardt will become the first three-time winner of the Winston. Earnhardt takes home $200,000. Roush Racing's Mark Martin. I didn't really have a problem with that. When people say what they think. Uh, some people may have think he got in my head. I didn't get clear of Dale on the third restart. It was a double file restart. And as you see, the outside works pretty damn good on double file restarts on racetracks, where, especially where arrow comes into play. So uh, Dale managed on the, third, on the third try of the restart to stay on my quarter panel. And I couldn't keep the back from passing the front in turn three. I didn't want, so he cleared me, and I didn't have enough time. I, you know, I did have the fastest car, and I didn't have enough time to set him up and, and get the pass done back, so he beat me. Well, I'll tell you one thing. This is a happy man, I'll tell you that. It's a happy, it's tell a happy race team right here. <laughs> tell us about the pass. Well, I, I got a little anxious on Mark on that one restart, and they called me down for it, and we, we got on that next restart there, and I just restarted with him, and 
We ran him on the outside. I said, heck, I'll just raise him on the outside and see what he's got. And uh, the only way this car got a little loose getting in three or what, but it got around him and got on in front of him. And I don't know how we held him off. He's been stronger, stronger off the corners than we have. And uh, I don't know, we was just lucky to beat him. One of the most exciting finishes from the All-Star Race 25 years ago. Coming up next, we'll pay tribute to one of the new inductees to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And later, we'll hear from Chase Elliott after his first win at Watkins Glen. Race fans, do you have an old car, motorcycle, boat, or RV just taking up space? Put that vehicle to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Your donated vehicle will help kids in our racing communities live happier, healthier lives. Simply call 844-NASCAR-9 and your vehicle will be towed and auctioned. You get a tax deduction and the NASCAR Foundation gets the proceeds. Again, to donate, please call 844-NASCAR-9. Calling all admirers of the King. For Richard Petty, the STP Pontiac. We have the place for you. Celebrate the life and career of NASCAR's all-time win leader, Richard Petty. Uh, the hat came about in the late 70s. From the legend behind the King's famous crown to thrills and spills that the Hall of Famer had over the years. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. It's Richard Petty's Road to Royalty, and it's available for free to download on iTunes and MRN.com right now. You're listening to the best of 2018. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this New Year's Day 2019. Today, we're looking back at the best of 2018. And between the All-Star Race and the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte back in May, the next five NASCAR Hall of Fame inductees were announced in Uptown Charlotte. Those inductees include Jeff Gordon, Davey Allison, Alan Kowicki, Roger Penske, and Jack Roush. That week on NASCAR Live, we honor Jack and his achievements in NASCAR. I had a war chest of about three and a half million dollars. Mark Martin is trapping into his troll. Based on what we had going on, I had enough money to do it for two years. Mark Martin from Beachville. Bill France Jr. gave me and Mark Martin an application to the 1988 Daytona 500. And not enough can be said for these guys that built this team from the ground up in two years. But if I didn't win a race, if I had, didn't show a blue sky to, to potential sponsors that wanted to get on board, there was an end in sight to my, uh, to my NASCAR career. Mark Martin drives up high out of turn number four, comes out of the corner, and every person in this grandstand is cheering him on. He comes down, and he will win the AC Delco 500. It has been a long, hard road for Mark Martin. And I'd gone broke and started a career over and moved back to Wisconsin to start over. You know, and I'd just been through so much, and I just, just wanted to win one. It was a relief. They swing through the trioval, and a second week in a row, victory lane will belong to Mark Martin. I butted head. I mean, I had butted heads with Jack Roush, but I butted head with Jack a lot early in the years. But we made it, and we did it together. Mark Martin wins the Mountain Dew Southern 500 at Dick Brooks. I don't think Jack Roush can believe the good fortune. I wouldn't trade it for, for anything, because I feel like that that he appreciates my commitment as much as I appreciate his commitment. Jeff Burton wins at Daytona. He takes the 42nd Pepsi 400. Everything that I do in my racing and, and uh, you know, when my son's racing and stuff, I always wonder the decisions I'm making always go through my mind. What would, you know, what would Jack do? 
for the third time in 97 before the hometown fans. Jeff Burton wins the Haynes 500 at Martinsville. We're going to outwork them, and that's what that's the epitome of what Roush Racing was at that time, and we put more into it than everybody. And his car owner, Jack Roush, has got the Ford Manufacturers uh, Championship shirt on. Every day when you get up, particularly when you get to be a senior, you get up every day, you need to have something that challenges you to tears or that makes you so mad you want to fight. Off turn number two, looking for the million-dollar payday. If there was anything ever reasonable that we needed for the cars, and sometimes it wasn't even very reasonable, he'd always give it to us. Matt Kenseth, the new Winston Cup champion. Certainly when I first went over there and got to start hanging out with Mark and he got hooked up with Roush Racing, certainly you could tell that, you know, Jack was 100% about the uh, on-track product. Tonight it's going to be Ford, and it's going to be a rookie. Greg Biffle wins the Pepsi 400. It's a great company. Jack does a great job. Jack cares about competition. Jack comes to us and says, what do you need? What do you need to win? Greg Biffle has clinched the championship for the 2002 NASCAR Busch Series season. You know, I don't know what it's like anywhere else, but uh, when, when somebody's offering that, you know, there's pretty much no reason to go anywhere else. Off of turn number four, Carl Edwards comes to the start-finish line. Carl Edwards is a first-time winner of the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Jack, to me, will, he has always been and will always be someone I look up to and um, someone that, I mean, I really appreciate uh, more than words can say, I appreciate what he's done, not just for me, but for thousands of people. Team owner Jack Roush, you finally made it. You've got to victory lane here at Pocono. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. You know, we're so proud of Carl. They did not hold one thing back from me. We gave it the best effort, and I think that's very noble, and I'm honored to be associated with him. Trevor Maine wins over Austin Dillon. To have done this for 30 years like he has, uh, man, that guy pushes hard. He still wants to be as involved as ever. And Stenhouse is going back to victory lane. You know, I think Jack's history period um, is always something that's reminded throughout the shop. When I started in 1988 with Mark, I think we had a dozen people. Jack Roush gave people with big hearts and big desires the opportunity to realize their dreams. And he succeeded while doing so. His sixth win of 1998, Mark Markinson is going to win the Daytona 500. And to think about the way the, that I've grown up and the sport's grown up and the, and the number of people that I've attracted to share my dreams with me, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. I, I can't believe I've had such a great life. Carl Edwards, Jack Rouse, the 2007 NASCAR Bush Series champion. I'm humbled by, by the sport that I'm part of. I'm uh, thrilled and honored to be a, a custodian of some part of it today, and uh, I hope that uh, that, I, that when people look back at, uh, at, at what I've done uh, when I'm gone, I hope they'll say that I left more than I took. The NASCAR Hall of Fame induction ceremony with Jack Roush and the four other members will be on February 1st at the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Uptown Charlotte. Motor Racing Network will have coverage of the event that evening starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Coming up next on the Best of 2018, we'll hear from Chase Elliott after his first career win at Watkins Glen. It's our AutoZone commercial free zone brought to you by AutoZone. Your check engine light has finally met its match. AutoZone's free fix finder service can help find you a solution so you can do more. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. On February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day. 
the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks again for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. This week, we've been revisiting some of the best from 2018. On August 7th, we had Chase Elliott on to talk about his career first Cup Series win that came at Watkins Glen International in upstate New York. Thanks, my friend. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Chill-worthy, for sure. Glad uh, you guys do a great job covering those races and um, that last lap was was pretty exciting in general. So you guys didn't have to uh, you guys didn't have to try too hard, unfortunately. But awesome, uh, awesome coverage and and uh, loved it. Well, uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Striegel, Dave Moody, Kurt Becker, Kyle Ricky, Joe Moore gave us that call. But what about from your perspective when Dave got him when you head down the hill into turn number one, you slid off course. What was going through your mind right there? Yeah, I thought I'd really done it this time. Um, yeah, just got to got to wheel hop and get in the corner, and and uh, obviously, by the time I got out of gear and every got all that straightened out, I was too fast for the corner, so um, missed it. But luckily, was still kind of going the right direction, and I just went wide instead of completely missing the corner. So um, it could have been worse. You look like you've been road course racing for years, although new to the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. You have raced in the trucks and the Xfinity Series. Do you remember when you ran your first road course race, and how did you learn the skills that are needed to be a successful road course racer? Well, I don't know. I never would have thought that uh, we'd, we'd win our first one at, at a road course. Um, so just kind of weird. I don't really know why um, why road racing has been been all right for us really I, I i did some of it when i was younger racing go-karts and kind of started uh when i was young racing racing road courses and things but um obviously very different in the stock car but you know it's something i've always enjoyed and um i'm just lucky that i i enjoy i know some guys don't uh enjoy it, even some of them that are that are really good at it but um yeah hopefully it can just try to keep keep that rolling and keep getting better at it and and um you know, try to make that craft better. It, it all, they all count. So um, they're important. That was Chase Elliott from August 7th. This has been the AutoZone Commercial Free Zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Your check engine light has finally met its match. AutoZone's free fix finder service can help find you a solution so you can do more. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We hope you've enjoyed the best of 2018 here on NASCAR Live, and we can't wait for 2019 to roll around and the excitement of NASCAR to kick in. We'll do so with Speed Weeks 2009 in February at the World Center of Racing. To check out our race broadcast schedule for 2019, be sure to check out MRN.com. From all of us here at the Motor Racing Network, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida and was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. 
Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com. 